0: Dear friends, you're welcome to a new episode on this English podcast. Today's episode is going to be episode number one hundred and seventy-six, and this is your regular host, Teacher D, sitting in from our studios in Shanghai. Today is Thursday, November twenty-fifth, twenty twenty-one. So we're getting closer to the end of the year, and the weather is getting colder as we look forward to Christmas time. I'd like to say hello to three listeners who sent in some comments relating to the last episode of our podcast and so uh, they asked questions relating um, to certain things you should do and certain things you should not do when writing your CV and I think those questions were very, very pertinent questions, and thank you for sending in those comments, and uh, because of the value of your questions, um, I have decided to answer those questions by making this episode today. um, This episode will focus on the issues that you raised in the questions that you ask so our episode today is going to be on the things that you should do and the things that you should not do when writing the CV because I think that's very important and a lot of people really um, want to know exactly what they should do and what they shouldn't do so this episode today will be uh, let's assume that you already have a cv and last time we actually said you have to keep a cv handy so every person who has graduated from the university and is already working you have a cv that's always there so all you have to do is to go back to that cv from time to time update it proofread it did certain sections and uh, polish it. Just, you know, you keep making it look good. The CV is never static. The CV is not the same CV all the time. As you grow up, as you get more experience, as you, you advance in education, your CV keeps changing so it's like a little tree that you have planted in front of your home and all the time you go and and, and, and nourish that tree and nurture that tree and make it healthier make it uh, greener and you know make it more productive that's really what your CV is so um, last time we already discussed um, quite a few things that you have to do in order to update your CV but uh, maybe we didn't go into some very important details. So today, based on the questions that our listeners asked, I'm going to look more deeply into some of the little things, the mistakes that many people make when writing their CVs. And before I get into that, there is one very important thing I'd like to mention. Um, if, if you look online, Or if you are about to write a CV and you are probably searching for a standard format and you're obviously going to look online. And it can be a little bit confusing because um, the truth is the format is not the same everywhere in the world. So, if you take a standard CV in the US and a standard CV in the UK and a standard CV in China and a standard CV in Africa, you will find some differences. Core structure or the core features of the CV may be the same. You may have the same file you have work history, you have education, and then you have personal information and so on. So these core features may be the same, and and those features we we we, we discussed them uh, elaborately in our previous episode. But there are some differences. There are some things that you will find different. So what I'm trying to say is. Depending on where you find yourself, our podcast is listened to globally. So I'm thinking we have listeners in America, we have listeners in the UK, listeners here in Asia, and listeners in Africa. So the first thing to do is when you're looking for, when you're writing your CV, depending on where you are and where you're applying, uh, for the job, for example, what kind of company is it? Is it a US company? Is it a British company? Is it a Chinese company? Is it an African company? You you have to think about that, and then you try to adopt the standards that are um, recognized by that particular uh, company. So, when I'm sending my CV to a Chinese company. I know that there are certain things that I will include in the CV which are suitable for the Chinese context. Chinese employers want that and they even state that in their job advertisements. Okay now if I am sending that same CV to an American company uh, my CV probably will not be considered standard because there are certain things that I have included in the CV that according to American CV standards, that's not needed. So it's important to look at the context and looking at the context does not just refer to where you are based. Where your base is important but also think about the employer you are applying to. Is that company a US company? If it's a US company, of course, the person reading your CV will expect it to reflect um, US CV standards. Is the company a British company? Of course, they want it to reflect uh, you know British CV standards. So think about where you are based and think about what kind of uh, employer you are applying to, and then you can pick the right thing. Because the mistake some people make is that they get online and search CV uh, template or CV sample if you search that tag on Google you have lots and lots of samples coming up and then they pick one that they consider very beautiful or they pick one that uh, looks like it's the same job you're applying for and they think okay this is my CV and then they do some editing change some names and addresses and they think that's still enough you have to think about the context so that's the first thing you have to be careful about and I was using the example of China here in China the CV is very different the CV is quite different because the certain things that Chinese employers want take for example a picture by international standards by global standards you don't really need to include your picture in your CV but in China There are Chinese companies that would tell you we need a picture, like we need a picture of yourself at the top of the CV. So you will see many CVs in China will carry a picture uh, at the top right hand side. That is an example. If you do that in the US, people will think, why are you really including your picture? We don't need your picture, no matter who you are. If you're qualified, we're going to hire you. But in China, it's not the same. see your picture. they will see your picture. And in some cases, like in ESL teaching, they even ask for a video, not just a picture. They ask for a video. So um, every, I'm not saying it's wrong to do that, uh, but I'm just saying, depending on where you are and depending on what kind of employer you are, you're, you're, you're applying uh, to work with, Adopt their standards. After all, you're not there to change the system, right? You're not there to change their way of thinking. You're there to get your job. So adopt their standards and get your job. If you're in America, do it the way Americans do. If you're in China, do it the way the Chinese want it done. And that way you will save yourself from a lot of stress. Like later on complaining that you were not hired because of you know this thing, so adopt your standards and get hired. You want the job, don't you? So that's first thing. Check the context in which you're operating and what kind of employer you're applying to work with. Okay, and that that goes the same with um, personal details. One of the questions I received was that um, which personal details are. Important and should be included, and which personal details are not important and should be left out. I think I mentioned this in a previous episode, but maybe I was not very clear, so I'm going to repeat that for the benefit of our listener who has sent in that question. Personal details, you have to think smart. What I recommend is there is no standard list of the kind of personal details that must be included uh, in your CV and a short list of personal details that you cannot include in your CV. As a matter of fact, this is per employer, per industry, per country, you know, it all depends. So think smart. Ask yourself the question, what does this employer want? what does this employer want? When it comes to personal details, I told you last time, um, personal details look very simple, ordinary, but in fact, they have something to do with the job. Age. Maybe age is not important to some people, they think it's not important, but in fact many job ads nowadays carry an age limit or an age requirement, like you have to be least 25 years old at least 30 years old because employers are looking at that they probably don't want a young person at a certain position or they don't want an old person at a certain position so that detail think smart the question you should ask yourself is if I include this personal information will that personal information work in my favor or work against me So, and I I mentioned last time that if you find that this personal information may work against you, well, depending on how desperate you are for the job, you could leave that out. You could leave that out, not because you want to lie, but you leave that out so that your chances can stay intact. And then maybe you get called up for an interview. And then during the interview, that information probably will come out. But who knows? Maybe by the time that information comes out, you might have impressed the uh, employer and probably the job. They would probably not take that that personal information as seriously as they would have if you had included it right there on your CV. So some people look at it as dis- as dishonesty, but to me, I say it's a way to give your chances um, to give your chances open. So think carefully before you add. Um, I would say your phone number, that's obvious, you have to put your phone number because they need to call you back, they need to be able to reach you. Um, Your age, your height, okay, if you're in modeling, height is an important issue, so they need to know that. Height is an important issue, you need to include that It's personal height, weight. You have to include those details if you're in modeling, right? Um, What is the other personal thing? Okay married or not married okay there are a lot of people who consider this as a private thing like you don't really need to know whether somebody's married or not but some people some applicants will argue that if you're married and you're a family person maybe the employer considers you to be a more stable person a more responsible person who can handle a managerial position in a company if you're a single guy uh, or single girl the employer may consider that you are not that stable because maybe very soon you will get married and you may have to move away and and stuff like that so it all depends you know it depends you have to really think smart and you have to uh, understand uh, company culture you have to understand um, hiring policies within the area where you are so personal information still pay attention to uh, what you put there, and it's okay to leave out something just uh, in case it, 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 it could disqualify you outrightly. Right, um, then I'm moving on to another thing you should not do, and this again is based on one of the questions that our listener sent in. Our listener said, How long? should the CV be? And I think it's a very good question. Your CV to be very, very modest and stand that. Please let it not be more than two pages. Two pages. If it is more than two pages, that's too much. And uh, for young university graduates or people who do not have a lot of working experience, actually they can do one page. One page it can be done and for people who are veterans people who have worked for a very long time it's sometimes really really difficult to compile the best of themselves and put it in one page so they go over to two pages but when it's three four pages uh, it's a little bit too much it's a little bit too much so to answer your question straight away two pages let two pages be the standard working length of your CV. Try to make it two pages. You can pretty much fit in everything that is relevant in two pages. So uh, that answers that question. Don't make it too long and don't make it too short too. Imagine a CV of half a page. I once saw that kind of CV from a university student. It was just half a page because uh, the working experience, there was nothing to put there. And the education section, it was just the university, you know, the university where the student was studying. And so that couldn't even fill up a page. So, cannot be too short, cannot be too long two pages is best, ideal. So that answers that question from our our listener. And then uh, we're moving on to another critical point. Uh, Don't tell lies, don't tell lies on your CV. Um, Yeah, This also came in as a question, this came in as a question our listener was asking, is it okay if I tell a lie? Uh, I'm going to tell you straight away it's not okay do not tell a lie on your CV Um, most people think that if you tell a lie it's okay because they will not find out they will not be able to find out well, well you're probably really good at lying and you maybe have ways to back up that lie, but uh, it's still not a good thing to do. It doesn't play well on your conscience and um, it's just not a good, good thing to do. If, if you're found out, it's really bad. And even if you're not found out, it doesn't play well on your conscience. I think uh, don't lie. And when we talk about lies here, what are we referring to? We're referring to lies about the number of years you have worked, lies about the companies you worked at, the positions you you occupied, and there are some people who don't actually tell a lie. There is, but they take something that is true and exaggerate. This is. Uh, this is another way of lying actually. For example, in your work history, you mentioned that you were the manager in a previous company. In actual fact you were not the manager there. you were just um, you were just the department staff. you were an assistant in that department you were probably an assistant in the sales department. but on your CV you say you were the sales manager. Some people say, oh, I'm not lying. I was actually a salesperson. No, you are lying. You are a salesperson, but you are not the sales manager. So please, I think it's important to be honest. It's important to be honest. Some people see it as a way to increase their chances of getting the job. Well, um, some people think it's okay to lie if you don't get caught, right? Uh, but I would say, where is your conscience? Where is your conscience? If you can lie on that, you can lie on many other things. So if you're a good person, stick to the truth. And besides, there are some employers who really value you when they realize that you you know, you say certain truth, which even reduce your chances of getting the job. But if you speak out the truth, that tells the exa- non-examiner. That tells the employer that this is somebody I can rely on because the person is honest. So um, if you ask me I would say don't lie, stick with the truth. But there are people out there who lie and get away with it. You must have heard about referees. Referees are uh, becoming very popular in job hunting nowadays. What is a referee? A referee is actually a person who can testify that you have worked in a previous position or you've been in a, in a, in a company and you actually uh, occupied a certain position and you were in charge of certain uh, duties and so on. So a referee is a person that can be consulted to testify certain things that you have mentioned about your work history or about your education background so some companies will ask you to mention a referee on your cv so for some strategic positions that you held in the past if you say you were sales manager in abc company for three years they need you to include a contact number. And that contact number belongs to a person who probably works in that ABC company who can say, yes, I know Mr. D who worked in that company from this year to this year and he was in that that, that position. So some companies require you to include one or two referees for each um, each company or experience that you mention on your CV. If that's the case, are you going to lie? Are you going to say, uh, are you going to put somebody's name and then that person is not going to be able to testify for you? So that's what we're talking about. You have to be able to tell the truth. And some companies, don't ask for a referee but they do background check without telling you now think about that if they ask for a referee maybe you can you can give someone's number and probably go treat the person to dinner and say hey i think you're going to be called up to talk about me and then some that person can put in a good word on your behalf but think about the other option there are companies that don't ask for a referee but they do background check So they will secretly, uh, without telling you, they will just go do some research about you. Background check nowadays is very, very important. They don't check only with companies you have worked with. Some background check nowadays, it even extends to certain things like your social media profiles. This is something I didn't mention last time, but your social media profiles sometimes tell a lot more about you them the things that you say on your cv so pay attention if you are if you have some kind of dirty uh social media profiles you know everybody uses uh, facebook twitter uh, i don't know youtube instagram or uh, TikTok. all those um social media platforms show another side of you so you could be this very qualified professional judging from your CV but a quick look at your profile on LinkedIn or Facebook we see that you are really really the opposite of who you say you are on your CV so pay attention to those things they could you know maybe you think that's privacy that's your privacy but there are companies that do background check not only uh, at the level of uh, companies you have worked at, but they do a background check on social media too to see what kind of person they're going to hire, especially if you're going to occupy a position that exposes the company to the public eye. If you're going to be a public relations officer, they need to know how you're doing um, on social media, how is your, your online presence. You, know, you don't want somebody who has a lot of scandals on, on the internet. So it's important to um, tell the truth, uh, let your references check out, your references to check out. Don't put a website, um, say you've worked at this company, put a website link, but when we go there, it's a broken link and there's nothing to show for. So be very careful with what you put there. So that's um, another important thing, which is something you should not do. Uh, last but not least do not mention salary do not mention salary i think we, we we brushed that last time do not mention salary it's not important that can be discussed during the interview it's on your cv do not mention salary it's not um, it's not that important and um, yeah before um, the, there are people who usually use uh, a lot of acronyms this is something I noticed recently when I was looking at some CVs written by my students. And, and I think um, acronyms are very funny. Acronyms are abbreviations, you know, like short forms of. Uh, and, and nowadays, acronyms can be confusing these abbreviations can be confusing you know and sometimes in each industry they have their own abbreviations that they understand within the industry for example i am a teacher in our industry we use terms like esl esl means english as a second language esl okay but if i am talking to someone who is out of my industry using ESL. using that abbreviation ESL may sound strange to the person. The person may not understand exactly what I'm saying. I have to say English as a second language but in my industry people understand what is ESL, what is EFL, what is uh, uh, TESOL or TESOL or CELTA or you know People know this acronym. So in all other industries, in, in the engineering industry, in the finance industry, they have lots and lots of abbreviations that are popular within their industry. But so be careful. The person you're addressing, the person you're sending your CV to, are you sure the person is aware of all these abbreviations? What is the safest thing to do? The safest thing to do is you can use acronyms but put them in full you know you can write it in full and then in brackets you put the abbreviation so if the person happens to if the person is not familiar with that abbreviation they can see what it means if you write it in full so so these are little things that if you if you already have your cv in hand you can pay attention to them. You know, little things, little things can make your CV stand out. Um, choose the right font. Don't use fancy font, you know, like italics or uh, cursiva. Use very standard fonts, like New Times Roman. That's standard. How big is the font? Are you going to write, uh, the the font is 18? No. Now, is it going to be so small, like nine or 10? No, the font should be like 11 or 12. Now that's standard. Everybody can read that. Now, don't make it flashy, you know, like something is bold, and then something is in italics, and then something is in color, no. All of that, it's not those things. Just make it look childish. Make it formal, professional, easy to read you know easy to read and well laid out well laid out so we can see that if it's a topic it's underlined or it's bold and then below you explain something Uh, from this year to this year I work in that 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 company that should be capped or underlined and then below you can state what specific duties you carry out in that company so these little things make your CV stand out Uh, that's what I call polishing your CV. Uh, And one great thing you can do after you have finished doing all the polishing and fine-tuning, one great thing you can do is before you send your CV out, give it to someone else to read. It's not a secret. Don't keep your CV like uh, it's your diary, no. Give it to someone it could be a colleague could be a friend could be someone in that industry you're applying to work in give it to someone to read I, I'm ass- I can assure you when you give your CV to other people to read they come up they point out certain errors certain things you could never see because When you're writing, you're writing what is in your mind, but what you actually put down on paper may be different. So one last thing before you really start sending it out is give your CV to someone to read. And that should not just be your best friend or your girlfriend your mom, because these people love you so much and they're just going to tell you it's fine. Give it to someone who is not that close to you. could be your teacher, could be, you know, somebody in the industry, and they will point out the things that don't look good. With that, we come to the end of another long episode of this podcast, which is very, very important for us and our careers. This is Teacher D signing off, and I will see you in the next episode in which we will be discussing a very important part, which is the interview. See you in the next episode, and have a wonderful weekend. Goodbye.